Hey everybody, my name is Nick. And I'm Caitlin. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Breath. If you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotion where one of our pastors read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read it on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or the radio. Caitlin, tell them how to get connected. Yeah, so to get connected, you can find us on our East Coast app or at eccc.us for more info. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on in East Coast. So if you want to find out more information and events, just check out our, like Caitlin said, check out our website or our app. Let's yeah. go ahead and jump into the chapter, guys. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica. What is going on? What is going on is we are in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 14 today and it is t-minus three days till your birthday which is september 30th which is thursday which is awesome i love celebrating you you're handsome thank you you're welcome (laughs) i have the best birthday in my family because it's the first of five it is true. It so starts, it starts like, the cycle. Oh, we haven't done much celebrating lately. And yeah. then we get to celebrate mine. And then Adeline's comes on the 4th of November. Then yours comes on the 5th of November. Then our anniversary comes on the 8th of November. Then Thanksgiving hits. Then Hudson is the 28th of November. And then Christmas hits. And then Reagan's is the 30th. So it's like. Of December, boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. That was impressive. I think you get a round of applause knowing all those Ooh. dates. <laughs> I mean, I know. But like, if you were to ask me what month and year you were born i always go i'm like uh 11 time <laughs> 83 well that is so cool eight plus three is 11 and I eight know. minus three that's is how five I figured it out that's cool that's literally i was like how can i remember that i love that eight plus three equals 11 eight minus three equals five 11 five 83 but literally like you know but i can remember all of that if i just don't think about it yep you did it that was really good so, what have you been using on your skin <sighs> Looks amazing. What have I been using? Gosh, Bee you venom. Really Want to know? Yeah, <laughs> tell the people. And we're on pot, we're on uh, YouTube. If you're if you're on the radio, radio right now and you're like, I, I can't use see. basically a blueberry coffee wash <laughs> at night, and then I cover my skin with manuka honey and bee venom lotion. He's so telling the <laughs> truth. <laughs> and it works. And Otherwise, ask me how often I, I wash my face. I would look straight one hundred. <laughs> You do take good care of yourself. I wash my face like once a week. You should you maybe. should get on the bee venom like train. I'm telling you like something about it. It's like I don't know what it is. It's like I don't think I will though, because literally every time you put it on, you're like, it's stinging. No, it's stinging. It doesn't. No, I don't. It's it's out of your mind. <laughs> You've done that. I've done that, but I not don't every do time. That. I, not and every I don't time. I don't do that. No, nope, you don't. That's what you think no. you would do right. if you did it. That's, that's not why what I, I will do. not. Yes. I actually like it. I like I the sting. I know. I enjoy it. Yep. And it works. So that yep. looks great. Yeah. It really does. I'm not just saying and that. And like I felt like kind of weird about this taking care of my skin, you know, because it seems like I don't know, it doesn't seem like something that I should do. But I was talking to this guy who's like a gator hunter, hog hunter. He's like had this big old like um you know the swamp bucky mm-hmm. buggies that are like the wheels are like six feet high mm-hmm. and you ride through the swamp. And uh, somehow we got on this subject and he's like, he was my age, but he looked a little more like a little weathered than me, kind of mm-hmm. like cowboyish, you know? And uh, he's like, oh man, I, I wash my face with oatmeal. And like, <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, we're out here hog hunting. You're like a cowboy. Like we're out here with guns, like going to kill hogs. And talking we're talking about, about your washing our face, washes. baby. Like, 
cat. We, yeah, we're manly. Like we'll we'll go kill hogs, but yeah. we're also take care of our precious little skin. That's right. That's so right. we post our pictures on Instagram. Yeah, we still look good. That's hilarious. Isn't that funny? Yes, that's very funny. Um, so Luke Romanoff is uh, our questioner of the day, and his question. By the way, need more questions. I'm out. So Nick at eccc.us email questions. Um, he's his question for us is what is our favorite Bible story? That was really that's hard. There's so many good ones, but for me, and I always know the question, so I'll go first. Um, the first story that popped in my mind when I was thinking about this is the woman with the issue of blood, and I love that story for so many reasons. A, she suffered with something for 12 years. And I can't imagine, especially in that day and age where hygiene was very difficult and to have an issue where you're bleeding all the time, like that is, I can't even imagine like how hard it was to stay clean. And then the fact that she was unclean to people, couldn't be around people. Um, and then the fact that Jesus was on his way to go heal a kid who was 12 years old, I think is really cool to think that as long as this kid has been alive, has been is as long as this woman has dealt with this issue, it's very shocking. And the fact that he stopped on his way to go heal her, to heal this woman. And actually, she, with boldness, pressed through the crowd and she obtained her healing. Like she apprehended what was apprehended for her. And I just love the whole thing. I love it. So good. I love it. That's really good. Is that yours too? You say mine too. Yep, mine too. <laughs> it's a wonderful story. No, um, I'm going to say anyone that I watch on The Chosen. Oh, yes. It's like, it's, it's going to be my new favorite mm -hmm. every time. Every single stinking time. We watched, we are in season two, and we, I think, are on like episode four or five. And that show, man, we cry every time. Yeah. Every time. It so, is so good. Also, um, I wish I had more time to think about this because uh, I loved Hezekiah's Tunnel in Israel. In Israel, I thought yeah. that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, where it's basically this long tunnel that was dug out so that people could escape. Um, and I think David actually used that tunnel to enter back into Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I just, the one, the last one on Chosen was amazing. It was the guy, it, the story came alive of the um, guy who was by the pool of Siloam, mm -hmm. um, where he was paralyzed and he had no one to mm -hmm. bring him in the pool. And we just, you'll read that and you're like, eh. You know, you don't even think about it, but like, why did he have no one? He yeah. was a lame guy who had no one, like lame, like couldn't walk, paralyzed mm -hmm. when the feet down, were lame, like, waist down, and uh, he couldn't walk, and the story just comes alive, and you're just like, oh my gosh, and then, you know, Jesus heals this guy, and he stands up, and he's questioned by the Pharisees. Because it was the Sabbath. And here's the thing that you kind of like, when I imagine that, I imagine he was questioned by the Pharisees very far away from that pool, because I'm just thinking like, mm -hmm. like... Merritt Island, yeah. you know, you go to the gym, like rotary, you leave, rotary park. it's a rotary park, or yeah. I'm thinking Vieira, you're down by the avenues, yeah. you're out by the pool. Like these places were tiny. Yes. These cities were super tiny. Yes. Yeah. It's oh, probably one. I'll give you, I'm just saying like, it just showed that the Pharisees probably were close. Yeah. Much closer. Yeah. Maybe even witnessed the act of him standing. And, yeah. I mean, just crazy. Once one that I love to this day is uh, when the when the four guys let the their their, their paralyzed friend, friend down on the roof through the roof yeah and the evidence that that still exists today like of that their act is still 
you can still find some evidence of that. It's not a, we, can, we don't 100% where it happens, but they're pretty close, they know. Well, they found a village that had, and in and, and that time, everyone would fix their roofs at the same time. So if like every five, seven years, they're made of like thatch and mud and, and palm trees, all that stuff. And you would change, everyone would change out their roofs at the same time. And there was one city where this one roof had been fixed at a different rate than the other ones. Right where this would have happened. Yes. At Peter's mother-in-law's house, I believe. Yeah. Is where it was. And yeah. So that's probably where it was. And it was cool to see that. And they've built a like church, uh, church over the top of it. Yeah. Um, with a glass floor. Glass floor and you can, you can look, look down, down into it to have that perspective of like him being lowered in as a paralyzed person. It's amazing. I think too, I love the book of Nehemiah. Um, I, I probably refer to that right now more than anything else for sure um just because uh it just seems like really evident we're we're building we're Mm -hmm. in a season of building and we're in a season where people want us to get off the wall and tobiah like to argue with our enemies and our our thought is just like i'm not getting off the wall yeah to get distracted i'm staying on the wall sword in one hand and a trowel in the other i'm gonna fight and i'm I'm gonna be ready to defend the people of god and i'm gonna build Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna get caught in an argument distraction. entertain distractions yep. so there's that and then of course probably david and goliath so there you go luke 17 bible stories that are our favorites <laughs> but the original answer stands true whatever's on chosen because i'm just yes. like what oh my gosh yes this is amazing you have we'll say it again we said it before and we'll say it again watch the chosen it's really good okay all right so we're in second samuel chapter 14 here we go Now Joab, the son of Zariah, knew that the king's heart longed for Absalom. So Joab sent word to Tekoa and had a wise woman brought from there and told her, Please pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning clothes and do not anoint yourself with oil, but act like a woman who has for many days been in mourning for the dead. Then go to the king and speak to him in this way. So Joab told her what to say. When the woman of Tekoa spoke to the king, she bowed with her face to the ground and lay herself down and said, Help, O king. The king asked her, What is the matter? She said, Truly, I am a widow. My husband is dead. Your maidservant had two sons, but the two of them struggled and fought in the field. There was one, no one to separate them, so one struck the other and killed him. Now behold, the entire family has risen against your maidservant, and they say, Hand over the one who killed his brother, so we may put him to death to pay for the life of his brother, whom he killed, and destroy the heir also." By doing this, they will extinguish my coal that is left, leaving my husband without a name or a remnant, heir, H-E-I-R, on the face of the earth. Then David said to the woman, go to your home and I will give orders concerning you. The woman of Tekoa said to the king, my lord, O king, the guilt is on me and on my father's house, but the king and his throne are guiltless. The king said, if anyone speaks to you about this matter, bring him to me for judgment and he will not touch you again. Then she said, please let the king remember the Lord your God so that the avenger of blood will not continue to destroy. Otherwise, they will destroy my son. And David said, as the Lord lives, not a single hair from the head of your son shall fall to the ground. Then the woman said, please let your maidservant speak one more word to my Lord, the king. He said, speak. The woman said, now, why have you planned such a thing against God's people? For in speaking this word, the king is like a guilty man in that the king does not bring back his banished one. For we will certainly die and are like water that's spilled on the ground and cannot be gathered up again. Yet God does not simply take away life, but devises plans so that the one who is banished is not driven away from him. Now I came to speak of this matter to my lord, the king, because the people have made me afraid. So your maidservant thought, I will just speak to the king. Perhaps the king will do what his maidservant requests. For the king will hear and save his maidservant from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together from the inheritance of God. Then your maidservant said, Please let the word of my lord, the king, be comforting. For my lord, the king, is as the angel of God to discern good and evil. May the lord your God be with you. 
Then the king answered and said to the woman, Do not hide from me anything that I ask you. And the woman said, Let my lord the king please speak. The king said, Is the hand of Joab with you in all this? And the woman answered, As your soul lives, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right or the left from anything that my lord the king has said. Indeed, it was your servant Joab who commanded me. He put all these words in the mouth of your maidservant. In order to change the appearance of things between Absalom and you, his father, your servant Joab did this thing. But my Lord has wisdom like the wisdom of the angel of God to know everything that's on the earth. Then the king said to Joab, listen, I will most certainly do this thing now. Go, bring back the young man Absalom. Joab bowed his face toward the ground and lay himself down and blessed the king. Then Joab said, today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, O king, in that the king has done the request of his servant. So Joab got up, went to Geshur, and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. However, the king said, let him go to his own house and do not let him see my face. So Absalom went to his own house and did not see the king's face. Now in all Israel, there was no man as handsome as Absalom, so highly praised for that. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. When he cut the hair of his head, for at the end of each year he cut it because its weight was heavy on him, he weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels by the king's weight. To Absalom were born three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a beautiful woman. Absalom lived two full years in Jerusalem without seeing the king's face. So Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but he would not come to him. Even when he sent again a second time, he still would not come. Therefore, Absalom said to his servants, See, Joab's property is near mine, and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab took action and went to Absalom at his house and said to him, Why did your servants set my field on fire? Do you think it was that calm? Like, why did your servants <laughs> set my field on fire? <laughs> why did your servants? Anyway. Um, Absalom answered Joab, I sent for you saying, come here so that I may send you to the king to ask, why have I come back from Geshur? It would be better for me to still be there. Now then let me see the king's face. And if there's guilt in me, let him put me to death. So Joab came to the king, told him. Then David called for Absalom and he came to the king and bowed his face to the ground before the king and the king kissed Absalom. Amen. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm I already looked thought, it up. I know what you're you looking know? up. I already looked it up. Tell me. Yes. So. I was going to so. save that, but we'll just do it right now. Okay. So you read stuff like this in the Bible, like 200 shekels and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what does that even mean? And then usually I don't look it up because I just am like, whatever. But I did for you and you. So one shekel equals 11.4 grams. But since we're in America, I figured out how many shekels were in a pound, which is 453.6 shekels are in a pound. So this means that Absalom had luscious locks that weighed half a pound every year. He cut off a half a pound of hair every year. That's a lot of hair. <laughs> and in in um, chapter, four chapters from now, I think the, the 18, like next Monday, we're going to talk about his hair actually snared him. Interesting, huh? That's why you should get a haircut. That's right. That's why you should go to a barbershop. That's a lot of hair, huh? Yeah. I never realized he was handsome from the sole of his foot to the top of his head. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen any handsome soles of feet. Have he you? was also a foot model. Yes, no blemish on those feet. Isn't that funny? When you want to see what, what does that look like? I don't know. What does a nice foot look like? Like a sole? Like a foot sole? Like whole sole? You ever seen one of those commercials where it's like, you got to get the... Uh, Calluses off. Calluses off your feet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Just go watch one of those. You'll see. But usually those aren't men. Like it's such oh, a you're weird about a man thing to say nice about feet. men. He was so <laughs> handsome from the sole of his foot to the tip of his top of his hairy Hair. head. <laughs> so what stood out to you? 
Um, Joab stood out to me as actually um, trying to bring Absalom back together with David. And he worked hard to do it. Yep. And uh, just stood out to me that, uh, you know, I think we need to work harder to bring people back together than we do to separate them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easy to become, like, defensive and be like, oh, you hurt my friend? Well, I'm going to hurt you. You mm-hmm. know, like, I'm a, you know, like that kind of attitude. But if we could have more of that encourager's attitude um, where we're bringing people back together, I think that would be helpful. And I think it's easy to create a punishment culture, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you do something wrong, I will do something wrong to you. Yeah. You know, not that you can't be um, held accountable for your actions. That's not what I'm saying. But you create this over-the-top punishment culture. Instead, we could have a covering culture. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it last week about how love covers, and that's something that it's like is just God's been showing me that love covers, and like maybe I don't have that attitude very much of, of a covering love-covering attitude. And sometimes I have that punishment culture mindset. And it's real easy in Christianity, especially the Christianity I was raised in, um, just to be very like, you know, hunting down those sinners kind of mentality. And in fact, it's easy when you're an immature young Christian uh, to be sort of the first one to pick up the rock to throw it. Um, it's it's not good. Uh, remind, you know, Jesus, when the woman who was caught in the act of adultery was dragged out before him, he said, and they were getting a stoner, killer, and he said, well, he who has no sin, go ahead, chuck the first stone. Was, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. And so the young man dropped their, their oh, basically, the, the old man stopped, dropped the stones first. So the young man were, were like waiting there at the end, realizing, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. I probably did sin. You know, like yeah. where the older guys are like, you know what? <laughs> I have sin. Like, I, I, I know I'm not perfect. And they're dropping the stones first. And uh, just just made me think how precious it is when you have people in your life that are willing to uh, help you versus hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to help you. They want to advocate for you. Um, reading the Bible last week that it says that in John, I think it's Second John chapter 1 or First John chapter 2, one of those two. I sometimes have dyslexia with those things. But let's see, it says that um, even if you sin... You have an advocate, Jesus Christ, who goes to the Father. So, like, don't sin. <laughs> don't sin. But if you do sin, mm-hmm. you have an advocate, which is Jesus. That's good. And he goes to the Father. So Jesus is your advocate. He is not the one trying to uh, take you out, trying to kill you, trying to accuse you. And then Jesus said that um, Jesus said that I'm sending the Spirit of Truth, who will be your advocate. So it is First John chapter two. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So, and I bet you that reference is right here. It's number two, verse one. Oh, it's not. That's okay. <laughs> that takes me to Hebrews. You did flip right to that. That was crazy looking. Oh. That was amazing. That's from being in private school. Yeah. Bible, Bible drills. drills. Sword drills. Sword drills. Yes. Bible drills. Yes. We call it Bible drills. But yeah. Like, turn to Psalms. Right in the middle. Yeah. Oh, so close. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> That's funny. That's a really good point. I like it. So I'm going to share my soap, scripture, observation, application, prayer. And I picked verse 14 of chapter 14. And the verse says, "We will, for we will certainly die and are like water that is spilled on the ground and cannot be gathered up again. 
Yet God does not simply take away life, but devises plans so that the one who is banished is not driven away from him. And my observation of this verse is that God's kindness leads to repentance. Like he devises plans to allow people who make massive bad choices, small and big, like you said, even if he does sin, he advocates, he draw, he devises plans uh, for people to not be driven away from him, like myself included. I remember I was, gave my heart to Jesus when I was like five and, you know, you walk that walk and you kind of have to decide, again, do you really believe this when you're like a teenager? And um, you just walk through making different choices in your life and you're like, you kind of push God over there. Like, I'm going to just not remember that, you know. You're speaking to me, and I'm going to do what I want when I want. But he devised devised plans so that I wouldn't be driven away from him. Even though whatever I was doing wasn't right, he was devising plans and putting people in place and letting me hear a worship song or have a song that was hidden in my heart or a verse that was hidden in my heart when I was little to rise up and remind me of what way I needed to go. And uh, my application for that was to continue to pray that people would draw near to God. So people who I know have fallen away, people who have, who know the right way and have chosen to go another way, like continue to pray for them because God is devising plans so that they would not be banished from him. And my prayer is too personal to share, so I'm not going to share it. <laughs> but I do, I, wrote, I write out a prayer and just praying for specific people. And I'll, I'll say this, I'm, I'm praying for their children and their children's children, that the choices that they're making right now would not affect their kids and their legacy long term, and that the plans that God is devising to have them not be banished and not have them be so far away um, would would be effective, and that the scales would fall off their eyes, and that they would um, find freedom and all of that. Yeah, I mean, we have a f- we have a friend. I won't mention who they are, and it's. No one's really going to be able to guess who this is because this is not – let me just put it this way. They don't and haven't gone and attended East – they have not ever been a member of East Coast Christian Center. I wonder if I'm going to know who they are. Just kidding. You, you just kidding. Might. But they started a church like years upon years ago, and they said they did it in a very bad and toxic way. And they still this day just regret like – the way that they acted, you know, and they said all the people that they drew in around them Mm -hmm. were also toxic and they've just reaped the fruit of that. Um, And it's like, it's sad what they've done, what, what, how they think of it. But what I, when I look at this person, I really wish they could get a revelation that, yeah, they might've done that 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. but God can release them from that now. Yeah. And if they're still called a lead in ministry, if they want to do that, the Lord can turn all that around for good. Um, and he can, he can love them through the process and cause them to repent, yeah. not to not for rub, their nose, rub their nose in it, Yeah, but so that God's glory could be revealed Yep, through that. Um, I don't know why I felt compelled to say that, but uh, I think... I think maybe one of the things that we could think about is if we know somebody who, you know, as a pastor, I can tell usually when um, people are struggling because they don't want to talk to me anymore. (laughs) They're just like, I remember this one guy, I used to be a really close friend with him. 
at the gym. We would talk all the time. And then one day he just wouldn't even look at me. And I learned later that he had started becoming addicted to opioids or something like that. And like, and I think we talked about it, but it was obvious that he equated me with more guilt. And so he just didn't want anything to do with me anymore. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that I wouldn't have unfriended him or that wasn't even a word back then, but Facebook (laughs) has made that a word. Um, I wouldn't have cast him aside. I, I would have been like, Hey, that's okay. Like, I know you're going through this. I can still be your friend and mm-hmm. I'll encourage you through this. And I don't expect you to quit doing drugs day one, but like, I'm there for you, man. Like whenever you're ready to stop, like, yeah. and I'll be your friend and pray for you along the way. And like, if you want to stop right now, I've took friends who were on all sorts of drugs. Like they, they wanted off and we went and got all their drugs and got all their paraphernalia and got all their dirt in their garbage. And we went and we went and burned it. Mm-hmm. Never told a soul. Why would I? Yeah. You know, it was just like, hey, like, you know. It's the enemy that wants them to feel condemned being in your presence because there's twofold. I think one, they're not ready to stop it themselves and they know that you would encourage them in the right way. So that's one thing. And then B, the enemy just doesn't want them to be convicted. Yeah. I think I said something about it's easy to be a part of the punishment culture, but I think in all reality, the part of me that wants to help people in their sin is much more powerful. And like, it's like when someone's hurting and they say, I'm hurting, it's like, I'm in. Yes. Yeah. What can we do? Yeah. Let's get the healing. Like it's on. Yeah. And I think that that's the deep cry of Jesus, that we would be those healing hands for mm-hmm. other people. And, yeah. and like Joab helped get Absalom back with David, like we could be somebody that brings uh, people that goes chases the, the one and leaves the 99 yeah. and brings them back to Christ. Yep. Let's do it together. Have a great day. We will see you next week. You are listening to the Morning Breath podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321 454 4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. 
extension 102. Find more information at eccueclipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.